0: Welcome to the New Do Review Podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. We're calling this Ensemble Format and Pedigree. I'm doing that for, uh, I guess, uh, the reason is uh, I'm continuing the conversation from the first podcast where we kind of got into some uh, s- some territory when it comes to talking about... Uh, the bands and their timelines, the uh, historic timelines. And so I figured, you know what the, you know there maybe there's something to that because because really I was just trying to explain uh, what I like, uh, you know because I wanted to tell the, the listeners you know maybe what you're going to be getting into in the future. So I wanted to you know express you know some of the things that I like, and really, what it ended up happening is we—I we, ended up just talking about history and talking about tour cycles and uh, when when albums came out. Sorry, I'm just looking at the uh, uh, mic, just checking to make sure it was recording. Okay, we're hot, super hot. Okay, and we were talking about when uh, bands were recording, uh, you know, their albums, what the cycles were. You know, I mentioned Nickelback as just like a, a current example of how uh you know the time frame between their their albums you know it's a few years it's like 3 years in between albums so that's like their tour uh, recording cycle right so you know i was i was i was talking about uh, the, the difference between you know the 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 bands of the 70s you know i mentioned like led zeppelin and black sabbath and uh th- those uh, fantastic uh musical icons and uh, you know how how different that is and how things have uh, changed and so I, I realized, you know, like, I, I enjoy talking about that stuff. I, 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 think, I think there's some value uh, in, in unpacking history a little bit, uh, really for the purpose of uh, understanding uh, influences. And, you know, that's where the word pedigree comes from, is it's sort of like the, 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 the lineage of these musicians and how uh, their influence is carried through history. I think that's important. Uh, and so that that's kind of where we're going to go today, ensemble format and pedigree. We're we're going to look at uh, those uh, mentioned bands, talk about how they're, uh, you know, the, the the makeup of the group, uh, how many people are in the group and, and all that, because that, that uh, can make a difference. And then their pedigree, and, you know, we'll kind of just jam on that and just, just sort of fly by the seat of our pants, really, because that's just, that's how we're going to be doing this. A lot of this is really just uh, I- improv. Uh, it, it was funny. I, I looked at the mic for a second because I wanted to see if it was recording. This is technically take, uh, take two on this because I, I realized that the mic wasn't recording. <laughs> so there it is. Uh, another thing to mention too, is that if you're listening to this on audio, you are being recorded on video or I, I'm, I'm actually just, I'm recording this on video at the same time to upload on YouTube so that, uh, there's there's multiple copies. There's a video copy and then the uh, podcast audio version, uh, which you know maybe you're listening on Spotify right now or or, or another uh, platform. I set this up on Anchor a little while ago. I, I'm just I'm really flying by the seat of my pants. I don't know what I'm doing. It's just me right now talking. That's going to be how this works. Uh, I just I really just Googled how to start a podcast and I just followed the steps and got into Anchor and uh, threw in all sort of my uh, bio stuff for, for, you know with my website so uh you know if you're tuning in for the first time you're thinking like who like what what is this this guy's like a, he's he's all over the place like uh you know spilled milk right so like who who am i what am i doing there? Uh, like well what is this uh you know yeah we're we're gonna get into that that's we're gonna do some housekeeping so this is the New Do Review bot uh, podcast. So why New Do Review? What, is that? what does that even mean? So if, to me, that means uh, it, it's time for a new review of the digital world, uh, which includes music and a whole bunch of other stuff. Because, uh, you know, for me, my musical experience uh, makes up most of my life. But also uh, with that is the digital world. The digital world is also sort of in tandem with music and how, how that works. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk about a lot of... Uh, other things eventually, but today it's going to be just mostly just music, uh, especially 70s music. Uh, that's going to be the primary topic after we deal with you know some of the housekeeping uh, stuff that we'll talk about here that we're actually talking about now. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So, yeah, New Do Review. That, that's what it means to me. Uh, that's also the name of the blog, newdoreview.com. You can find me on all uh, available socials: Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there's, I'm on TikTok as well too. You can find me. So just if you search New Do Review as one word, you can you can find me and uh, uh, very easily contact me if you need. And then you can search me on, on YouTube as well. Okay, so uh, I I guess me. Uh, you know who's this cup of. Cup of milk. Uh, it's it's me, Brent. B r e n t. That is me. Uh, so I, I am the webmaster and content creator of this uh, brand, Nudu Review. That's you know the the entity that I'm cultivating as a, a digital asset for myself that I'm investing in for, for the future. And I'm just gonna, I'm doing this all to to see how it grows. And, and that's another point of this podcast. It's more uh, almost a documentary uh, in a way to just uh, kind of collect how I grow uh, in the digital landscape. Uh, landscape. And, you know, uh, with this, you, you have to also do sales and marketing for yourself to to get yourself out there. And so there's there's components of that that, you know, we can talk about. Um, and, and that's really what this is. You know, I want to be able to share... Uh, my musical experience uh with the world because i realize that as i get older that will change my my perception of it will change and so i want to be able to capture who i am at this time in my experience so that, so that maybe younger musicians a, a younger generation uh, you know can maybe benefit from from the way i, I think and, you know I've, I've had a varied career i've i've done uh I've done a lot of pretty cool things that I'm very proud of and and I'm very thankful for uh, all the people I've worked with, you know, the, all the people I've been in bands with, um, people who've helped uh, helped me grow. It's all been just an incredible journey, and I want to I want to be able to share uh, some, uh, some of that and help reveal some of the psychology behind. Uh, you know wh- how I ended up the the where I am, how I think about music, because uh, c- some of that c- can really uh, be insightful for aspiring musicians or, or, or uh, no, I don't like the word aspiring. I guess growing musicians, musicians still you know learning and getting getting better. Because it's really it's it's uh, perspective is a big thing. How you think about things can really make a difference. So I want to be able to share all that with you. Uh, you know, f- for me, I've I-, I spent most of my life as a musician from fourteen onwards, right up until my mid thirties now, playing in uh, you know rock bands. I recorded a full length album with a a group that I was with for for quite a while, and then I moved on and did a composition degree, uh, basically a fine arts degree, a BFA, uh, and uh, I was able to uh, do volunteer work with a-, a music society to help promote l- local composers. So you know, I- I've I've done. Uh, You know, I I guess not a whole lot, but you know, it's enough to to look back and go, yeah. You know, I've I've kind of uh, been in uh, a a lot of places, so you know, maybe I can be valuable. uh, You know, at this point, uh, at least in my age, really. You know, because if if there's uh, people in their twenties or late teens trying to figure out how to do music, like it's hard, man. Like it it is. It's it's a tough go, Uh, but it it doesn't. um, If if you know the right people, I guess, or at least if you figure out a certain way to, to do it, it's absolutely possible, uh, and it's absolutely worth it. Let me just tell you that. Getting on stage and playing your songs in front of people who love it, man, there is, there's absolutely nothing else like that in the world. Um, so so there's that to be said, and uh, yeah, so you know, here I am. I'm sort of uh, the, the end result of all of that experience, and uh, I want to share that with you. So far, it's just me talking. Uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, I can talk for a while. This is going to go for about an hour and 15 minutes. That's really the maximum of uh, this recording device. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, we're, we're nine minutes in. So that's uh, how the format's going to be. Uh, maybe we'll have guests. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh it that that's all technical uh uh t- technology dependent or gear dependent i should say you know you need more gear to re- record uh, multiple people is kind of the idea. so uh okay well i think i think that's probably enough to give you an idea of who this cup of milk is and how he's spilling all over the place uh and if you want to know more i mean you can you can just go to my website and you know read read some articles and stuff i talk about uh, music and some other things I've done: uh, an article review for for a band from from the UK, which is going to be actually they're they're from Birmingham, which is where one of the bands we're going to talk about is from. <laughs> okay, well we're let's do the housekeeping because that's important. Because uh, I like to be transparent on the marketing and affiliate offers that I'm currently engaged with. Because that's really the point. Of me doing this, you know, when I was doing my sales and marketing, uh, you know, career, uh, that that's how I sort of got involved in blogging. And uh, really, uh, what this all is, it's me monetizing uh, a blog and building up a brand identity or or an entity, I guess I should say, to have that make you money, to, to help j- have uh, passive income come in uh, as you build up this digital asset. It takes time, takes a lot of work, doesn't happen right away. It's not something that you can just step into. Uh, you know, you got to work at it. So it's 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 a personal investment. And that's really what this is all about. I'm documenting my process of, uh, you know, trying to be... Uh, uh, well, I don't even know if success is a good word anymore for this because uh, really it's it's not, it, it, it's, it's really about... Allowing you to do what you're passionate about, what you love, and have that uh, fulfill you in all ways, including the monetary uh, uh, compensation part of it too. So, so that that's really what this is about. And uh, I guess this is maybe a documentary too, to show you how I grow. You know, this is all just being done uh, boot, bootstrapped. You know, I'm just I, I, I figured out how to do a podcast a few days ago, and here we are. That's I mean, it's literally. Uh, like this is the, the, the second episode, uh, take three. I mean, I did the first episode in, ta- in one take and I did, I screwed up cause I didn't hit the record button. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. And then this is the, the third official take. So I'm just, I'm just going for it. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't even know how to speak properly, uh, on camera really I I, don't, I can't look at the lens properly I've got a thing here uh, and I'm holding a mic I um an ah you know I say so and like a lot as I'm sort of transitioning into different thought patterns because I'm just it's all extemporarious extempo, ext extemporarious man that's a weird word extempo extemporariously yeah it it means improv so you know th- this is all off the cuff right so I'm just I'm doing this but I want to capture these um these blemishes, because I think they're beautiful. These are the, these are, this is where the, uh, the, 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 the seams come together and that's where the interesting stuff happens uh, with, with content and with artists. It's, it's really the, that, that's the magic. So I want to capture all of it and just that's, that's what you're getting is the product, you know, the content, the, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is. Right. Uh, so okay so that I think that maybe covers it a little bit and so uh, okay so the, the affiliate marketing uh, let's let's tie that back into to it so I, I, I'm trying to monetize uh, these uh, this content with Amazon associates program so if you don't know what that is it's basically just affiliate marketing where you can promote products on Amazon uh, through links that you get and you you put them where they need to be uh, in in, uh, in in a web form or or a a text box or or whatever and if someone clicks on it and they buy that product you you get commission that that's how it works so it's it's kinda like a sales gig in a way you know you're promoting products Uh, but it's it's nice because you get to promote the things you want to right? so the 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 thing about a sales career is that you know you were stuck selling what you had to sell This allows you to sell anything you want, right? Uh, You know, if because if maybe gardening's your thing, or you're like an outdoors person, and you know you're you like camping, you know you you can make a blog about camping and put put affiliate links for tents and stuff. And you know, if you're an authority on this topic and people trust you, which they will eventually if if you make good content and stick to it. uh, they'll, 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 they'll buy something, you know, because they're going to be inspired to, uh, do, do what you do. And so, so that's kind of the point. And, uh, there's, there's some other offers in there that I'll talk about in a second. Uh, uh cause, uh, really what I'm doing is I'm putting all the gear I'm using in this whole process as my Amazon affiliate offers. So you're, you're going to see that I'm using a Canon camera. I'm pointing to it. You can't, you, you can't see that audio. I'm sorry. Cause it's just only audio, but maybe you can hear the pointing. Can you hear it? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so there, there's a Canon camera. I've got Sony head- headphones on. Uh, I've got a H1 handy recorder. Uh, my cord's getting all jumbled up. And I've got this Dynex stand uh, that's just you know ha- that has the camera on. And hold, on, I'm going to take. I'm going to move the mic. Is that better? And then I, I made. It, I this is a, a running joke where I put my Rubbermaid bottle in here. It's it's my water bottle, uh, which. Oh my God, it's so necessary. If if you don't have water, you're just—it's not—it's you're not gonna make it. Uh, sorry, get some get some uh, water in there. Yeah, so that saved me. So I, I the I, the first video I did that was kind of a joke, and I joked about it on camera. I was like, and and then I thought, oh, that's not a bad idea. I can I can promote the water bottle uh, water bottle I use because it's a really good water bottle. Uh, it's waterproof. Uh I I love it. Uh you know I I I basically it's it's uh it's something I actually really really do use a lot and uh I li- I like it. So I mean if you if you want a good water bottle recommendation there it is. So uh that pretty much covers the the Amazon associates part of it. You'll be able to get those links through uh YouTube. I'll try and put the YouTube li- uh YouTube link in the in the uh, description of the the podcast, I don't know if that's going to work. I'm just I'm still I'm still learning, so uh, bear with me. And then the the other offers that I was talking about uh, uh, were related to uh, learning how to play piano. Uh, ClickBank is a uh, affiliate off uh, sorry affiliate marketing platform where you can uh, find uh, appropriate offers for certain types of content that uh, you know make sense. So I found a nice offer that teaches piano. And uh, I've investigated, and it's fantastic. It teaches you how to play piano uh, online, basically. And then there is another offer called Singorama, which is a, a similar uh, online uh, learning platform to teach you how to sing. So I, I think those two uh, think those two elements, when it comes to just basic musicianship, are. They're absolutely fundamental. If you're a musician, uh, you you got to sing and you got to play the piano. Those are two things that you absolutely must have. The reason is is that that so that those two things are fundamental in any university uh, training uh, situation. Uh, if you're a guitar player, trumpet player, drummer, they'll make you play the piano and they'll make you sing. So there you go. Th- those are two things that I stand by uh, as a musician. That uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, you know what's missing in my game? Uh, well, guess what? If you can't sing or play the piano, that's what's missing. So you know uh, that 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 could be beneficial, uh, and it's it's there to to be informative too. You know, uh, again, the, these are things that I could get commissioned for if if you uh, click through the links. So I'm just I'm being totally honest and just open with you. Uh, but you know, the, the, those are things that I personally would see valuable to uh, the audience listening to this. And uh, uh, you know, like I said, if there's any holes in your game, th- those are the two things that uh, you should investigate uh, to 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 be uh, to be a better musician, basically. So so that's pretty much the housekeeping in terms of uh, the the monetary stuff, the the affiliate uh, disclosures. Uh, what else? I, you know, we've talked about pretty much uh, who I am, what this is, where we're going. Let's see. We're about eighteen minutes in. That that took a while, but you know that was that was still kind of fun. I hope you were uh, entertained at least uh, through that. But yeah, this is all informational too, Uh, and maybe these uh, excuse me, maybe these housekeeping sessions will get shorter as this goes on. So let's get into it. I've got a little bit of a script. Uh, This is really just the description I wrote out for the uh, for the YouTube video and the uh, podcast. So. Ensemble format and pedigree. Okay, so let's let's talk about ensemble format. So, what what does that really mean? So, ensemble uh, to to me is you know who and what is in the band. Like what's like what is the ensemble? Right. So, uh, you know, let let's just go go for Canada. Canada Power Trio. Rush. Uh, bass. Vocals. Uh, guitar. Drums. That you know, that's the ensemble format. It's a power trio, basically, or a trio. Uh, you know, and then sort of the classical contemporary equivalent is like, say, uh, like a piano trio, right? So your piano is like your 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 uh, fundamental rhythm, and then it's two instruments. Anything else, like a cello and a violin, clarinet, bassoon, uh, whatever you want, right? So it's just a three, three, uh, trio, right? And so. Uh, you know it just goes up the ladder from there uh it, a quartet uh, four uh, and then you know five six seven da da da-da-da. it just goes on and on so the the, un- the the ensemble can tell you a lot about the band and what you can expect from a band just just knowing how many people are in the band and who's who's playing what right so when uh, whenever I encounter a new group my brain just goes well how many people are in the group I need to know that immediately because it tells me information uh, that is not really that 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 can't really the, the music can't really tell you that because when you listen to music, it's all it's all a production anyway. So it, it's hard to tell uh, if, if that was made by, you know, uh, four or five people. Sometimes one person can put on a record something that sounds absolutely massive and it's like, well, wow, did, did like a whole orchestra record that? No, it was just one person. So, you know, the, the, it's, it's, it's not obvious when you're listening to, to certain songs, uh, uh, you know, the size of the ensemble. So for, for me, when I listen to uh, any rock music, I guess, or metal that is sort of uh, rooted in an ensemble, structure uh th- that's what i pay attention to so you know if i hear like a metal song and there's lots of guitar happening i'm thinking well hmm, maybe there's two guitar players right because um, because that 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 has uh you can infer a lot of stuff just from knowing that it's like okay two guitar players great so there's probably going to be some like serious leads happening some solos uh a lot of harmony and melodies some you know uh, some iron maideny type of uh, licks, you know, like the way Iron Maiden and like Judas Priest would harmonize in fourths and fifths and octaves and all that sort of stuff. Um, or, or, you know, King Crimson, which is who, who we're also going to talk about too, you know, how they are, uh, do, 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 uh, do, set up their harmony and melody, right? So those are all, uh, you know, conventions of like a, a rock or a metal format. But when you know the ensemble structure, uh, you, you, you're, you're going to, you, you can, predict uh what you're gonna hear and so that that kind of it, it all it all helps kind of put a bigger picture of the group together in your head as you're listening to it uh, and like I said it's not always obvious when you're listening to it what's what so you know f- finding that out somehow uh I think is is quite valuable so you know there's that okay ensemble format uh and then and pedigree too so so well, pedigree is uh, you know the that word uh, I, I like to use it because it it, it sort of assumes um, like a lineage of people uh you know going f- i guess almost continuing a bloodline but in a way maybe we can use this more as a, a path of influence because that's kind of what it's like they're you know the, these musicians they're not you know f- related it, they're just they they listen to the same bands uh So you know they're they're really only related through their musical taste, Uh, and maybe that's how maybe that's a better way of explaining. I guess is is sort of like who's listening to what because that maybe maybe it's just the pedigree of musical taste and that's really all it is. Because uh, when when you talk when you start in in the '70s, right? So we'll just we'll get into the I'll list off the bands now. You we're going to talk about Led Zeppelin, uh, Genesis. Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, and King Crimson, uh, because to me those are like the primary colors of the uh, English uh, United Kingdom uh, rock, progressive rock uh, bands that that really they, they sort of set the stage for uh, it, it, both rock and metal uh, to, to be where it is right now. Because uh, you know, pr- progressive rock uh, to me was uh th- that was so profound when it, when i first experienced it w- when i was younger i mean it was it was in the 2000s so i mean i was looking back at older stuff but that's when i experienced it it it, it really just showed me like wow you know the it, rock music isn't just um you know a, a simple like acdc t- type of rock you know i use acdc as almost a meme or sort of like a uh, oh i don't even know what to say uh like a catchphrase, you know, for for simple uh, rock music, uh, it's not simple. I'm I'm not uh, uh, saying it. It's like that. It's actually quite complex in various ways. Uh, but but the song structures, you know, they're they 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 had a formula to it. Um, but these progressive rock bands like Genesis and Pink Floyd, they were unlike ACDC dc in just in every possible way Uh, you know the the songs were longer they had very intense structures they uh, a lot of the stuff especially Pink Floyd and Genesis really bordered on classical music structures where they had uh, large sections you know there's interludes uh, things like that uh, and just other other forms Uh, I don't want to talk too much about form because that, that that's like a b a c d you know that sort of thing uh, you know but but these bands put a lot of thought into the structure of their songs uh, in in ways that you know uh, other bands you know just using ACDC as an example mainly because they're popular and everyone knows who, who they are and you know you could you could just imagine a song in your head and uh, they, they were they're uh, unlike that and Led Zeppelin is a good example of that too Led Zeppelin was they 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 had their their rock songs that, that were simple but they also did things in their later career that were just like, absolutely uh, in- incredible. Led Zeppelin was one of the first um, uh, iconic bands that I experienced when I was younger. Uh, watching the film, uh, the song remains the same. I think I think that's the, the right name, but, you know, it's it's their live concert um, where it, it's a mixture of them playing live in these sort of uh, cinematic uh uh, I guess videos of of the band members, and it sort of made each band member a character in a way, and and, it, and they were it was all very symbolic uh, as well. And so that was what really my first experience with uh, Led Zeppelin and, and a sort of a progressive uh, type of uh, performance, I guess you could say, because they they played uh, extended versions of their songs, like uh, um, "Days to Confuse." Uh, "Days to Confuse" is actually a short song on. You know they're, they're early records, right? But it's like a super long song when they play it live. You know they're 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 expanding uh, the the compositional structure, and they're turning it into a a performance. So you know r- really it it's more like a live uh, a thing, like it it's a live music convention in a way. But still, it, it plays into a compositional structure, because uh, you know the band has to know okay well, we're going to go into this section next and all that. So there you know there's there's a lot of forethought to make that happen. But but that was my first uh, introduction uh, to a band that is that that were that, that was trying to do something um uh, irregular, I guess. And you know, and that was in the 70s a long time ago, and when I saw that that would have been maybe the early 2000s or the late late 90s maybe, like 99 or something. You know, I was just a teenager. And so having that realization of progressive rock uh, was pretty profound uh and it 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 sort of uh, point me in a very specific direction which is you know genesis uh king crimson pink floyd and uh you know those types of groups and black sabbath right so to me those bands really they're they're kind of like the primary colors of um of of rock and, and metal and, and progressive uh music you know all, all, all the as far as i know all the bands that would be claimed as a progressive rock or progressive metal band today uh they would know who led zeppelin is genesis pink floyd sabbath and crimson like they it, the, those are just really common names uh, when you deal with uh you know uh, musicians in that genre of music uh but I want to talk about them not not because they're 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 popular, but it's it's because they they, they are so important uh, in terms of understanding the just you know we'll go back to the word pedigree like the the the, the, the lineage of uh, influence and uh, their music you know because the, the, they they had different ensemble formats too, and so they fit in nicely into the ensemble format discussion. And uh, they they fit uh, into the previous discussion of uh, tour cycles, right? From the last, um, f- from the first episode, from from the last one. Uh, Whereas you know the, these bands are putting out an album every year, and so within five years they've got like you know a, a huge recording uh, database, right? They've got a lot of songs recorded already, and it's it's just incredible. And uh, you know there's really there hasn't really been anything. Excuse me. There hasn't really been anything like that since the '70s. The '80s was its own thing. It had a lot of uh, uh, pretty incredible uh, bands, primarily metal bands, at least for me. And but also uh, other types of artists. You know, like Peter Gabriel really came out in the '80s too. He's part of the the Genesis connection. And so you know, maybe we'll get to that. But yeah, let's stay in the '70s for a little bit. So, you know, I talked already about Led Zeppelin. Uh maybe we can move on to to the other bands. But yeah, Led Zeppelin, that's the that was kind of the first group that was just like here here's four guys on stage just absolutely like killing it. Like they 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 know their instruments inside and out. They're they're masters of their craft. They've turned themselves into characters and symbols. They have their own symbols, you know. So that that was to to me that was just like what these they're they're, mag- they're, they're magicians. But really that's kind of how I saw them it was larger than life and uh, you know all their, their their whole discography is it's it's incredible I was I was lucky enough to acquire all their CDs uh, through through used uh, music stores uh, locally here in Vancouver and I, I listened to them chronologically and it was man like if you haven't got if you hadn't had the chance to to, to do that and listen to Zeppelin through from the beginning to the end, uh you, you, you should do it you know if, if spotify definitely has all those albums just just listen to them in, in, in chronological order and just see the progression of zeppelin it's absolutely incredible cuz w- once you get to uh once you get past zeppelin 4 into the house of the holy and then into uh like physical graffiti and presence it's it's like what well, like what it, like is this is like an art art it's it's like an art rock thing but there's still a blues like a blues, a blues rock, you know, heavily influenced by that still rock and roll, but man, they, they've, they did some absolutely incredible things. And so, you know, you can, you can kind of go back to when you look at Zepp, Zeppelin, they're, they're going to give you all of the steps in terms of, you know, what, what, what to do and what not to do to be a rock band. Like they are the rock band singer, guitar, bass, uh, which is also keys to, uh, uh, that's that's another thing to be said. Uh, and drums, you know, the quartet, the, the power quartet. You know, there's the power trio, like I was saying with Rush, where uh, the bass player sang, guitar, drums. Zeppelin and Sabbath as well. We're going to get into Sabbath next. That, that's, that's like the power quartet. And when you look at bands that are in that format, so let's say, I don't know, um, you know, Allison Chains and say Stone Temple Pilots. So you know those are pretty solid '90s, '90s, uh, late '80s, '90s bands. Uh, guitar player, bass, drum, singer. Uh, that's the same format, right? So you know there there's a little bit of an expectation in that. It tells you kind of what to expect. But but Zeppelin kind of, at least. Uh, for my perspective, uh, you know, other people will have different perspectives to keep in mind, you know, Zeppelin may not be the, uh, the, the, the one and only, but for, for me, it was because that's really what I saw first. And, um, you know, maybe there's other musicians that, that'll agree and be like, yeah, you know, Zeppelin that that's the, that's the big quartet, you know? Uh, but on the other end of it, it's, it's Sabbath black Sabbath. Uh, the, cause they're, they're fundamentally different than, than Led Zeppelin. They're, they're, to me, that's like the first metal band. Uh, when it comes to to seventies, you know there there are there are other metal bands too. You know, there's like the Scorpions. Um, you could say that they're they're another seventies uh, uh, kind of proto metal, if you want to say it like that, or like an early version of uh, heavy metal. Judas Priest fits into that because. Um, you know they're they're from the same area, but but Sabbath to me represents um, the the sort of uh, and uh, the the anti rock uh, format. You know because Led Zeppelin was like uh, you know rock and roll. You know they they were kind of like the uh, you know almost like a pop band. You know everyone everyone knew them. You know they 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 had a lot of exposure. Everyone knew Led Zeppelin. Um, Black Sabbath was uh, I guess maybe an under you could say that they were an underdog. I don't even know if that's even appropriate because. I wasn't born in the '70s. I was born in the '80s, so I, I wasn't even there. But it's just my perspective on history and how I'm looking at them now, uh, and and talking about it, because they're 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 heavier. Like they don't sound like Led Zeppelin. The the riffs are heavy. The distortion's huge. Um, it, it's it's just it, it's a different it's it's a different sound. And and to me, when it comes to metal, like. Uh, like like it's just it's sabbath like you know you, their their first like five i would say pretty much every every album that had ozzy on it uh right up until the late 70s was 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 great stuff uh you know uh uh sabotage uh, sabbath bloody sabbath like man those are those are just really Really good heavy, heavy duty albums because they, the Sabbath did a lot of cool things. Not just with their heavy riff; it's just they, they did stuff with song structures, and uh, you know uh, orchestration and over, overdubs. You know they, they a lot of uh, acoustic guitars and synthesizers and, and other things to, to to make a big sound. Like Sabbath, uh, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath had had a lot of acoustic guitars on that record. Uh, and that's not really metal, like you know, quote unquote metal. I, 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 did, I did the quotes on the audio, so if you can, if you can, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that was weird. Um, but yeah. So you know, th- 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 think about that. Like Sabbath was doing a lot, a lot of creative uh things in terms of the, you know the recording. Like the first uh, few records were it's it's just like rock. You know, like Paranoid is t- to me one of the best like early heavy rock or you know early metal records it's it's like you, you, you can't even do that like there's no way that any band could ever do something even close to that nowadays um i hope that gets me in trouble because if there is a band that's doing that uh i haven't i haven't heard it and i want i want to hear it so you know uh come 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 fight me i guess <laughs> uh, like there's an element of live of live tempo to that album that just doesn't exist anymore because everything is so uh organized in terms of like tempo and overdubs and in, in recording like recording method has come a long way and so that that's another thing to consider too like you know when, when Sabbath went into to the studio um you know, I'm I'm not an expert on how they record the albums, but when you hear when you hear the album, you know that it's it's it there. You feel the live tempo, like like the tempo changes a bit. You know, like the like the drums and bass, they they're so connected together. And uh, for me as a musician, especially a bass player, I I would listen to to Sabbath and I would listen to to Geezer Butler's uh, bass lines and just. Be in complete awe of the, not only him playing the bass, but his connection with the drums. That is the absolute thing. Uh, you'll know a good band when the bass and the drum player, are comp- they're, they're one unit. Like they, they function as like a one thing. The, the bass never should follow the guitar uh, exact. Um, it does in, in certain situations, uh, like say Pantera where the, the they're but they're doing it intentionally to thicken up the sound but generally speaking the the bass should always be more closer to the drums and not to the guitar but Pantera does that too you know if if you're if you're familiar with them it's you know the Rex and Dime they're not always doubled like they're doing a lot of different stuff um but I only use that as a as an example because uh, a lot of this stuff is sort of in, in unison, and, and a lot of metal is in unison, which which means that you're ju- you're playing the exact same thing. But uh, when it comes to bass and drums, the, the the Sabbath the 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 bass playing of Sabbath and, and the riffs of Sabbath, there's always like the the ba- every 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 uh, member had their own uh, the 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 musical member, not not Ozzy singing because that's singing is a whole different thing. But but the the bass guitar and drums of Sabbath—they're they're they're always kind of um, in their own space, like they they connected. But listen to their parts in isolation if you can uh, in your mind, and you'll you'll have the you'll, you'll slowly realize that uh, they're just they've got their own thing going. And and Zeppelin uh, Led Zeppelin does that too, right? So when you listen to the bass lines uh, connected with the drums, you see that they're 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 functioning very closely together, but they're still. They're still separate entities, uh, and so that that's an important realization to have when you're a bass player or a guitar player in a rock band. Is is you you can't just uh, do, like uh, play the same thing. Uh, you have to sort of have a variation on it, and that that plays into uh, you know. Contemporary composition and orchestration is, is you know, uh, unison uh, is, is an effect, but you, you can't overuse it. You know, you have to blend things in certain ways and have different rhythms and things like that. It's just, it's one tool of many uh, compositional tools. So, so Sabbath for me, uh, especially Paranoid and um, their, their albums after that, it, it it showed me that you know there, there's there's a live element to the to those sounds that is that would that would have been only captured because the band was just firing on all cylinders uh, cylinders like they had really good chemistry and they captured in in the studio in in the best way that they knew how uh, at that time and that's really that's that's the sound I'm gonna check the time okay 39 minutes cool uh, I I lose track of time when I talk about Sabbath and Zeppelin it's just I'm gonna a vortex of, like, enthralled awe because uh, I, I if I say Sabbath, it's like, you know, like, I, I hear the riffs, and it's <laughs> it's awesome. But, you know, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's Sabbath. I mean, and, uh, you know, fr- from going forward, like, say, let's take Pantera, right? So, Pantera is, like, the next evolution uh, in metal in the 90s, right? So, Pantera relies heavily on Black Sabbath in terms of... Um, fundamental metal riffs and things like that and so you're going to find uh as you go through the the influence of bands who they're listening to and you're always going to end up uh, like black sabbath is kind of like the kevin bacon of metal you know it all points back to sabbath to some degree you know there's going to be bands that focus on other sounds as their influence because they're they're in a different genre like say maybe stoner metal or uh, like a more bluesy metal or really hyper progressive stuff that's really super technical. Um, you know they may lean towards uh, other influences, but Sabbath somehow it, it connects to a lot of bands. So to to really understand the the history of Sabbath uh, and Zeppelin, I think can take you can take you very far uh, to, to know the expectations of really a rock band, how how they existed. Um, how they function? Do you know the, the touring cycles, like I brought up in the first video? How that can impact a band? Because if you're a gr- if you're a if you're in a rock band right now, uh, and you and you and are like you've recorded an album, it's like, okay, well, what do you gotta, What do you got to do next? Well, you got to go play play shows to promote your album, right? So you got to go, you got to try and go on tour, book shows, right? And so, you know, knowing that that's your path, that that's extremely helpful because you can't just, you know, uh, make an album and then sit on it. You've got to go play play it, you know, play shows. You know, that's probably obvious already. It's not something to to belabor, but um knowing that there there are cycles and seasons, I guess you could say, uh of recording, touring and promotion. You know, that, that that's a valuable realization and then you get to actually see the patterns, the historic patterns of how the bands did it, you know, they would record in a certain season go play shows probably in the summer because of the weather right you want to you you don't want to be playing in the cold <laughs> that's a bummer right if it's raining and stuff so that's another thing too is uh, you know when did they tour uh, van halen toured a lot uh during the summer seasons and you know, people would you want to go out and see a live uh, show when it's warm so you know th- those are things to consider too uh well we don't talk too much of that but. Van Halen cuz they're they're really more of a a late 70s uh, early 80s uh, group. But they they do fit in because you know they they really came in at the end of the, the 70s to kind of pretty much blow the doors wide open for you know the the, the 80s metal. Uh that's just that's, that's the way I see them and that's probably how most people think of them too. So, okay, so Sabbath, right? So uh you got to know got to know Zeppelin, got to know Sabbath. Uh, For me, Pink Floyd is kind of the next band. Uh, Largely for me, I see them as just a progressive rock band. Uh, Some people may think they're more pop rock or, or popular, you could say, because everyone knows who they are but for me like when you look at the early uh, uh pink floyd recordings like early 70s late 60s like uh, that was some experimental stuff like really really bizarre like saucer full of secrets uh what uh, <laughs> what does that mean um for for me uh like like, like uh, actually the first album i heard of uh pink pink floyd was um Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, f- for most, that could be the case. Uh, you know, so that introduced you to a, f- a few um, t- to songs that are sort of well-structured, uh, shorter, I guess. But um, the the whole album is almost like one big track, and it's just cut up into songs. And that's an interesting uh, uh, thing to observe because you know uh, uh, albums before. Before then, we're just, you know, the song, uh, you play the song of Fade Out, go into the next song. But for Pink Floyd, it's just one continuous song, uh, very thematic. And so Pink Floyd, to me, introduced that concept. And from there, you know it, it was cool like you know you, you you sort of take that for what it is you're like wow that that's that's pretty awesome everything just just blends into each other it's just one big thing and the i mean it really the only tracks are divided so that you can t- so you know what songs are which like the song names and stuff but once like for me once i got to the uh, umaguma uh, album where they had like a live it was just them live and it was right after Sid Barrett left and they became a quartet where it was just uh, I'm trying to think of the the names. Oh man, this is ridiculous. I gotta look up the names now. <laughs> Nick Mason, Richard Wright. I can do this. Dave Gilmore and uh, Roger Waters. Right. So yeah. So so the quartet. You know, bass, guitar, keyboards, synth, drums. So another quartet, but a differently structured quartet than Sabbath or Zeppelin. So the everyone sang. That was a key thing. Uh, Roger and Dave Gilmore and Richard Wright, those they sang triple harmony, and that was that was another fundamental realization where where was, you would hear these vocal harmonies, and it's it, they're so beautifully thick and luscious, and you, you realize like how like how how do how do they do that? Uh, it's really like Dave Gilmore and Richard Wright singing in harmony t- together with with Roger Waters and. Uh, or, or Roger Waters would uh, sing a certain way more maybe abrasive and then you have like the, the more a- angelic sort of cleaner style of vocal from uh, Dave Gilmore and, and, and Richard Wright well, I should look up if that's even the correct uh, this is embarrassing because I should know Pink Floyd by now yeah Richard Wright Roger Waters, Nick Mason, Dave Gilmore yeah, yeah. I-, I know this stuff I've listened to a ton of Pink Floyd So you start to realize the vocal structure at that point. You've got three singers, um, but they they were sort of uh, standing in the shadows of Sid Barrett. Like Sid Barrett was the lead singer, right? So what ended up happening after uh, the first album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn the rest of the band had to take up vocals basically and so so that that's a weird experience uh, for the band members because they they may not have expected to be singing but then they found themselves in a position where they didn't have a singer and so well they they have to sing and a pink floyd from their early albums you, you get to see that uh, grow and change uh, I've got my phone here. I'll, I'll pull up all the album names so that I can be super accurate and not embarrass myself like, like I already did. I should know. I should know this stuff. So, oh, yeah, so, okay. So, Piper at the Gates of Dawn was 67. That's when this they had Sid Barrett and Saucerful of Secrets, 68. Uh, then there was uh, More. That was, what was that? It was like a soundtrack album. Uh, I've, I'm not too big on that one. And then Umaguma that was so Umaguma had a live uh uh, it was a double disc they had the Umaguma album which was each member wrote songs uh to make an album it was very it was a very strange concept it was almost like everyone had a solo album on the album put in together as an album but they but they did uh, a live thing and uh they they played a song careful with that axe eugene and I remember hearing that for the first time, and it was it, like it, it crushed me so in in such a big way. Like my my brain was just squashed by the power of this live performance, and it didn't have any vocals in it too. It was just sort of like a a, a crooning uh, by by Roger Waters, because uh, I, th- I think he was singing, because I remember seeing a live performance, and he's there's no there's no vocals uh, that he says. Careful with that axe, Eugene, and then it. Go- it kind of climaxes. So you, you had uh, very strange song structures being introduced by Pink Floyd, the, the early Pink Floyd, that were f- unlike Sabbath or Zeppelin. And uh, it just it makes you think because uh, when you compare that to Dark Side of the Moon, you know, th- these are more sort of uh, well-formed songs that are, you know, with the structure, proper vocals. But really Pink Floyd before that, they were doing instrumental songs, long, huge instrumental things that were more orchestral in a way uh, instead of uh, more, you know, like rock, popular rock, that kind of stuff. And it. It 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 just it gives you another sort of uh, a look at how how a band can can make music basically, and that, that to me that's that's the progressive rock f- foundation is you know they're they're taking it to the next level they're they're choosing song song structures that are not normal and they're 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 extending things they're adding jamming you know they they jam out uh, and extend certain parts. And and they include all that, and you know that's sort of what Zeppelin did as well too in their live performances. So there's these parallels happening, but 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 Pink Floyd, you know, that was kind of their identity, and it's it's uh, they they grew as a band in in fantastic ways, uh, because you know once you get into uh, Adam Hart Mother, uh, that that was a weird album because you know it had a lot of uh, strange like acoustic songs, and almost sort of muzak like uh, soundscape type of songs but they had like the one big uh long song which is adam Hart mother and that's sort of like a theme that they continued uh into the next album metal where they had uh uh the like echoes is like the big huge long song and they, they sort of had that theme carried on in, into the next albums you know you wish you were here has a big long song uh and uh you know that that was kind of almost like a thing that they had for, for a little while, and you could expect that from from Pink Floyd is these huge long songs because they would do uh, on encores. they would play Adam Hart Mothers like an encore that's like a twenty minute song, uh so like wow right that that's like a whole that's like a quarter of a set or they would play Echoes and or something like that right, and so so that gives you an interesting, uh a look at you know the ensemble format right and and uh, a little bit of pedigree uh because really when you think of pink floyd everyone at least everyone i know knows knows pink floyd where's people my age i guess i shouldn't say everyone because that that's not a that's not a good statement uh but but people my age and older you know they're they're gonna know their pink floyd it's like oh yeah i got my favorite pink floyd song you know the, the wall like like for me wish you were here is probably one of their their best albums that's got a lot of really cool tunes they they became more of a uh, a fully structured band at that at that point after they did metal um, yeah like just just really really cool stuff and you know Dave Gilmore's guitar playing right so that that has another incredible component is his solos like his solo like the, the comfortably numb solo or the solo uh, from another brick on the wall like, like absolutely incredible uh, musicianship you know Roger Waters is a songwriter uh, and a visionist really the, the vision for the wall as a concept album, like, you know, uh, like, like it's you're speechless. You know, I, I'm speechless when it comes to like how do you describe that and how do you feel? It's just wow, complete awe. And uh, you know, w- with uh, with Pink Floyd, that kind of leads into the more uh, uh, progressive areas of you know Genesis and King, King Crimson because those are, those are two other bands that are also progressive rock, but they're 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 sort of um, they they, they they sound different, like King Crimson sounds really, like really far out and very experimental, but Genesis is more... It's kind of got a folky theatrical part to it because um, the songs are quite progressive and strange and odd. There's long songs and there's weird short songs as interludes. It feels more like a symphonic structure, or at least the format, I should say, because symphonies have a certain introductions. There's formats and... Uh, with a symphony, so you've got, like, the, uh, like, the intro, and, yes, I, well, I won't really talk too much about that, but, uh, you know, yeah, so, so the, so Genesis, uh, c- kind of goes from, from the Floyd, and then you've got King Crimson as, uh, you know, the, the other two, uh, progressive rock bands, and they, the, Floyd, Genesis, Crimson, like, they, they all sound completely unique, like, they don't sound like each other, but they are, uh, progressive rock, experimental, uh, type of groups. So I'm just gonna check the the time with 53 minutes. Okay, so we're gonna wrap this up pretty quick. So I, I think we can do that. But um, uh, you know there, and then you've got Genesis uh, that also did a concept album like The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. And so you know there the Floyd and Genesis uh, had these con very very highly excuse me highly structured concepts uh, as their band vision and the the the, the music really uh, you you could see that you know it was uh, that they, they, they crafted things that they loved as well too like they they, they put a lot of uh, effort in into all that music and uh, it you really when you listen to it now you know like like to me you can't really come close to that you know, you know, for modern bands, because really, the, like, like the wall, or at least the lamb, li- the lamb lies down on Broadway, those kind of set the standard for concept albums, right? Like, you know, if, if, if you're a band right now, and, uh, you know, you're working with a producer, and it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to do a concept album, like the producer in their brains can be thinking, okay, well, how's that going to, you know, they're how are we going to model that uh, against what already exists as concept albums? that's that's kind of really what's what what would what be going on and the band should you know they, they should recognize the, the the types of music that came before them um and if you know like like i said at the beginning of this uh the message i want to put out to musicians growing it's like yeah you, you really should know um the, the music history and who did what and when and how and that's what really this is all about that's why i'm doing uh I'm talking about these bands in this way it's to so that you can go back and listen to these albums that are, that are just gonna you know take you to new levels because if you haven't heard Lamb lies Lam down on Broadway or the wall like you are in for a treat, you are gonna have such a good time. In fact, I envy you because I can't go back and listen to it for the first time. Um, I can't have that experience again so you know there's that. So, so Genesis. That will we may get into that in the next episode, too, because we're running out of time 55 minutes. Because Genesis is such an interesting uh, band because of Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. Uh, You know, when we say those two names, we know them more for their solo careers and not necessarily Genesis. But Peter Gabriel was the lead singer of Genesis, uh, you know, right up until I I don't know the exact time frame because I'm sort of on the spot, but you know, late 70s and then. Peter Gabriel went off and did a solo career and became extremely successful just on his own. And Phil Collins did the same thing. But Genesis was kind of the uh, the, the the melting pot for the, both of them as musicians. And the music is absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, English uh, English progressive rock. Um, you know, in, in the same vein as uh, Pink Floyd, in, in a way. Uh, you know, they, they were like, you know, late 60s, early 70s of... Pretty much all during the '70s, uh, doing in- incredible stuff. K- King Crimson is is the same, same. Uh, th- they exist in the same time period, like uh, late '60s. Uh, the first album came out in '69, and the Court of the Kings. Well, I'll, I'll I'll look that up here just so that I'm accurate. In the Court of the Crimson King. Oh my God! On video, you'll be able to see me. Uh, scatter back into my phone as I look look at this stuff. But on the audio, I'm just talking so that I can buy time to look at their album time frame. Cause I'm just on Wikipedia on my phone. Da-da-da. Yeah. So in, in the court of the Crimson King, 1969. So yeah, late 60s. And so you know they they cranked it out during throughout all the 70s. And uh, th- that that's. Uh, a varied uh type of ensemble format where they had it was guitar drums bass the bass player was the singer and then you had some keys uh synthesizers and, and whatnot and band members sort of um came and went so it was like almost a revolving door of musicians but Robert Fripp the guitar player was sort of the uh, main standby a visionary of the group so when it comes to format you know you've you've got uh you know very very interesting examples where you've got the Sabbath and Zeppelin where there are more characters very uh specific identities in that quartet uh then you have Pink Floyd which was um you know they, they became sort of uh uh, a group out of, uh, the, the, at least the singing developed out of necessity and they, and they became a, a structured quartet that way with uh, three singers. Uh, and then Genesis was kind of, uh, it was basically uh, vocals, guitar, bass, keys, drums. So, you know, you, you had uh, a, a lot of, uh, well, it was it's like a bigger uh, format. I'm going to go back and look at the, uh, the, the Genesis. Uh, I know it in my head. like It's uh, my memory because I'm just juggling so much information right now in my head. It's Phil Collins on drums, uh, Peter Gabriel, Steve Hackett on guitar, Tony Rutherford. I think that's the other one. Oh, this is brutal. But it's kind of funny. So Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, 74. 1974 right like holy smokes they were the the 70s was just an incredible collection of uh, incredible stuff so okay so yeah sorry Phil Collins drums Tony Banks uh, mainly the uh, piano a synth Mike Rutherford bass Steve Hackett uh, guitar Peter Gabriel uh, vocalist so yeah five people and then King Crimson was sort of basically uh, that format, but they, the, the members would change. But th- those members of Genesis were sort of like the, the core group for uh, for a while. Uh, and, and so that's an interesting thing, too, is uh, who, who is in the band? Who, who are these iconic people? You kind of end up becoming char- like a character after a while. But King Crimson avoided that. Uh, just due to the changing members o- over time. You know, which happens. That's not an abnormal thing when it comes to music. People come and go, they have different agendas uh, for their career. And um, the, well, actually, the first bass player, Greg Lake, it was, he went on to do Emerson Lake and Palmer. So he went on to be largely successful as a musician. So I'm going to go back to King Crimson on my phone. I believe it was Greg Lake. Bass player and singer, really good singer too. And then, uh, yeah, so Emerson Lake and Palmer—that's an, maybe. Oh, we didn't really talk about that, but I mean, that's another incredible band that uh, you should check out. Cause they—it's basically a trio. It's bass, keyboards, and drums. Like that is super, super weird. Well, not not really weird, I guess. I mean, to me, that's really normal. But I guess it's weird in the context of these uh, other bands, basically. That is, like, you know, very, very guitar-driven, I guess you could say. That's the point of, uh, especially, you know, Sabbath or, or Zeppelin, where it's, like, the guitar riff, um, you know, where you have, like, Emerson Lake and Palmer, where it's, it's keyboards and bass, right? So there's no no guitar riffs. It's a whole different experience. Um and, then, and King Crimson 2 uh, evolves uh, their band members when they start to get into like Adrian Ballou and uh, oh boy the magical bass player Tony Levin yeah Tony Levin and Tony Levin actually played bass with Peter Gabriel too uh, for, for a few albums so he's so so uh, Tony Levin is kind of like a a uh, connection between Genesis uh, Peter Gabriel and uh, King Crimson so it, it's an interesting relationship that you'll find as you uncover these when you go and do the research you, you'll see that there's so many commonalities uh, especially when it comes to relationships musically with these bands that I mentioned and you'll you'll have uh, a, an interesting time just learning about uh, the, these bands really uh, it's it's a lot of fun so uh, here it is Finally, I got to it. I was just uh, scrolling manically, kind of uh, confused because I was talking at the same time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Greg Lake. Yeah, sorry. Greg Greg Lake. I can't remember what I would do. I don't even know what I previously said. Peter Lake or something great. But Greg Lake. Yeah, so the, the bass player singer of the on the first album went on to do Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's. So where are we at an hour and 2 minutes so i think i think that kind of uh, f- uh, f- uh, covers everything that i wanted to talk about you know cuz we we got to see how each of the band ha- each of these five bands have different ensemble structures like they're 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 different but they're uh, somewhat similar and uh, you know, when it comes to influence, uh, well, I guess we didn't really talk too much about pedigree, but I mean, maybe that doesn't matter matter too much. Uh, but really, I guess that the main point is is that the these are uh, I consider them primary colors when it comes to influence um, w- with rock and metal. So maybe maybe that kind of hits home run on that is is that you know if you're if you're if you're a musician right now and you're engaged in if you're trying to write original rock or original metal or you know um I guess anything rock oriented uh, you really need to 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 have a knowledge of these bands. I mean I recommend that you listen to absolutely every single album of these bands. Uh yeah, it seems like a like a daunting task. Like go listen to all these Zeppelin albums, all the Sabbath albums, at least all the ones with Ozzy. Uh I'm sort of uh, I guess maybe I am an elitist with with Sabbath. Like I, I just I like the the Ozzy albums. I don't like the albums without Ozzy. But actually no, sorry. I'm wrong. Um Dio, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, he was awesome with Sabbath too. So I, th- those those are good ones. Uh, Heaven and Hell was really good. Uh, sorry. Anyways, so yeah, you, you got to listen to all the Zeppelin, all the Sabbath, all the Floyd, all the Genesis, and all the Crimson. Uh, and, and if you do that, uh, you whoa, you are gonna have uh, quite the uh, database of music in your head, because uh, all those bands have done a lot of great things. And you know, like I pointed out with the Tony Levin. A connection, you, you start to see that these bands are, are connected. Um, they're, they're, they're woven together. Uh, maybe not so much uh, Sabbath and uh, Zeppelin or Floyd, but uh, as you experience other bands, uh, you will see that, that there are some, some connections um, with that. Uh, Ozzy, as he embarked on his solo career, you'll start to see more connections uh, in, in from the 80s uh, point of view uh, with Ozzy working with multiple uh, musicians and collaborating that way uh, for, uh outside of black sabbath but um yeah yeah genesis maybe we'll talk about genesis uh in the future cuz they're you know just uh, peter gabriel in, in his own right is he he is a topic like he, he is an incredible uh singer composer uh artist uh performer he, all of it i mean he you know uh yeah i'm sort of speechless to trying to just even describe it really but his songs are incredible And phil collins uh he in the, he's it's the same way um you know he's he's absolutely incredible he's a great singer uh and a drummer too a drummer singer so that's that's another interesting thing about these bands is they all present these unique uh ensemble formats uh you know with the the the, the, the quartet guitar bass drum singer being sort of maybe uh like the leader of the pack, I guess you could say, because Zeppelin and Zap Sabbath were more, I guess, more well known, I guess. But I, then again, I don't really know. You know, it's weird looking back on history. You just sort of have to infer that, you know, I guess maybe those were the popular bands. But the, I guess that's the point of this is, is to record my perspective on the 70s from 2020. That is 50 years. 50 years looking back and we're still talking about Zeppelin and Sabbath. Like how how incredible is that, right? You know, to 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 make music that has lasted for for that long. Um, you know, it's it, like wow. Like holy smokes, right? Where are we at? 106, 1 hour and 6 minutes. You know, we'll we'll jam for another 10 minutes, I guess. But I guess that's really uh, all I have to say uh with those five bands it, it i felt really good it felt really good talking about those bands um because uh for me the ensemble format is is, is it was such a big thing because you know if you're putting together a band if you're if you're putting together a band right now what do you what are you gonna go get like who are you gonna have go play with you right like are you gonna go find two guitar players or are you gonna get one guitar player are you gonna have a keyboard player along with this um who's singing right is the is the drummer gonna sing is the bass player gonna sing is the guitar player gonna sing because actually the funny thing is is that in each of these bands the guitar player is not the singer and that's a little bit more common in the 80s like say with metallic or megadeth or um, you know other bands where the guitar player is a singer but in each of those bands it's either uh, uh just a singer uh or uh, an instrumentalist playing actually no sorry dave gilmore was was the singer so no that's incorrect but um anyways, so that, that's a question you have to ask yourself. If you're going to put together a rock band or a metal band or any band for that matter, who's going to be in the band and what's the vision for that? Because the ensemble that you choose uh, will dictate what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, Pink Floyd was able to do a lot of cool things because of the available synthesized uh uh, uh, things that they could do that Richard Wright was able to perform and, and same with uh, Genesis as well uh, but Zeppelin uh, was sort of limited and say Sabbath was sort of limited just the four people on stage like uh, Tony Omi playing guitar he can only do so much on the guitar right so that's just kind of the, the, the way it is uh, King Crimson was able to do a lot too technically on stage with the a lot of the technology and multiple members so you have to consider that. How is your uh, ensemble format uh, going to dictate what music you can make and then ask yourself, you know, who are your influences? Like what, what pedigree are you going to tap into with music to, to make your music? Because you can't you can't look at the bands that are currently uh, doing the music you want to make. You can't copy them because they're copying the fundamentals. You have to go back to the fundamentals. Sorry, I'm just looking at the time because I want to make a, I think this is a really powerful message. You have to look at the fundamental, fundamental influences and then go forward from there. You can't look at uh, what the other band is doing uh, in your scene uh, that is in the same time period as you, which is current you can't do that uh because you're going to end up copying the copying and that doesn't make a good copy so if you've seen the movie uh, multiplicity with uh, michael keaton uh you don't copy the copy because it ends up being a little weird <laughs> or uh i don't know uh you know uh, shaving your tongue uh <laughs> with the you know we took the razor out so it doesn't hurt him you know you you don't want to be that you don't want to be that band that is the copy of the copy that basically um just doesn't. I, I guess they're the 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 you, you just pat them on the head because that that's what happens in the movie. I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just that you know uh, the, the 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 copied copy guys. He's kind of the slow one. <laughs> so, uh, you know you you don't you don't want to be that. You, you want to be uh, you want to be as original as possible. It's, it, at least that's what I hope for you. But I mean uh, I can't um, t- tell you to do certain things. I guess I'm just. Some Some guy in my mid thirties, and that's who I am, but you know that that would be the advice I have is go go back to the fundamental uh primary influences you know starting in the mid twentieth uh, century, so you know look at the fifties, look at the sixties, and then look at the seventies, but your seventies is where is where you're gonna see all that rock and metal start to really come to the surface. The sixties is still really good um but you you know the the recording technology changes. As well as the gear changes right so so the the technology and the gear really kind of makes uh made the metal i guess you could say because you know you couldn't have distortion a certain way in the 60s the gear didn't exist you could only get certain sounds um as technology expanded so 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 that's the thing right so go back listen to those five groups See what you can get from them. Go listen to all their albums. Yeah, it's going to take a long time, uh, but it's absolutely worth it to hear all of those songs. And you're going to laugh because you're, you're going to realize that there's certain things that you're hearing now that uh, you're going to hear in these songs, which are just because uh, you know bands are influenced from these five bands, and uh, it may may make you chuckle uh, a little bit. Looked at the time again. Sorry, may make you chuckle a little bit because I, I I would hear things in these bands that I've heard from you know other bands after them do, and it's like oh well yeah I guess they just copied or lifted out some concept of uh, song idea from from the from these groups right. So you, you're going to be able to hear that and avoid those situations where uh, you end up copying accidentally copying something because that happens a lot you know if you're writing original riffs or rock riffs and you know you end up uh, playing something that's already been written in a past time but you've you've no idea you just it's just something that you feel and hear but you know what when you hear those primary things songs uh you know you'll, you'll be able to manipulate them in an expert masterful way to come up with something actually new and original and that and that's what you want. Uh, you you want to be able to be uh, uh, original and, and and profound, I guess, uh, or impactful. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what's expected anymore of, of bands. But uh, to me, what 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 I hope for is to just uh, see see originality really and uh, avoid being derivative and only use d- derivative material if, if it if it if it's necessary. I guess if if it's actually serving. Uh, the song or the vision of the band, but yeah, use primary influences to make something new, and uh, you'll you'll go quite uh, you'll you'll go quite far if you do it that way. So we'll we'll end it off with that. I'll I'll sign off. Uh, I'm all tangled up in this. Oh, sorry. Come on. <laughs> so one hour and thirteen minutes. Okay, I'm tangled up in this. Uh, my my headphones because I'm passing the mic back and forth, and the thing gets tangled up. Okay, so uh, we're done. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, this podcast. Ah, man, I did. Shoot, I shouldn't have said that. Hope you enjoyed it. That's like the worst thing you could possibly say because you don't want to ever say that. You want to say, well, you just want to say something else because if you say, I hope you enjoyed it, it means that you may not enjoy it. So you never, that's another thing. Never say that ever. When you're when you're introducing a song, is never say I hope you liked it because it you know you're saying you, you may not like it. So, uh, yeah, uh, listen to this. All that it, it, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to more more. <laughs> All right, uh, this is just gonna get goofy. We're gonna end it there. So I have to synchronize this because uh, I have to turn it off the camera and the thing at the same time. Okay. Well, I enjoyed talking with you. This was fun. We're going to do it again sometime, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.